When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and of course on your smart speakers. Shay Cornette, Michelle Smallman here with you. As always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Uh... Media days in college football can only mean one thing. That would mean that the season is approaching and is getting closer and closer. Our own Heather Dinich, ESPN college football senior writer, is right now at Big 12 Media Media Days, which is going on in Arlington, Texas, and she joins us here on Greeny. Heather, hope you are well. Um, Let's just dive right in. The the landscape of college football has changed dramatically, obviously, with expansion and whatnot. And it sounds like Brett Yormark says the Big 12 has plans for expansion as well, but obviously wouldn't say exactly what those plans are. Have you heard anything more about the conference's plan moving forward, especially since they're going to lose two of their powerhouses? Well, there's there's two points to make here. One is the first is that everybody, including Yormark, is waiting to see what the Pac-12 does with its TV deal. And that could be announced maybe by media days. It could be announced later than that. Nobody really knows the exact timing except Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov and the people he's talking to. Um, so if Colorado has the patience to wait, um, then all the university presidents in the Pac-12 look at that deal they decide whether or not they're happy with it. If they are, they have to sign the grant of rights and everybody moves on. Um, as far as the Big 12 is concerned, if the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors are not happy, if they think that TV deal is not on par with the Big 12's TV deal, then that's where they could swoop in and then you can see some dominoes fall. And I asked Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy yesterday what he thinks about it. And he said that he threw out the four schools that people have been speculating about in terms of Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona state. Um, And and those are the schools that people are talking about, but quite frankly, in speaking to people involved in those conversations in the PAC 12, most of them are saying the presidents need to see the deal before they make an informed decision on it. Now, as far as the big 12's plan, um, I would also say that there's definitely conversations going on in this conference about do they add teams like UConn for basketball only when they negotiate their next TV deal? Do they separate football and basketball? Um, So those are some of the things that they're talking here, but it's also quite possible that they stay where they are. Your mark has said that they're not going to add teams just for the sake of adding them. They want to bring value to the conference. Heather, speaking of Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy, he seemed pretty upset about Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 and losing that all-important bedlam rivalry. Is that a common sentiment that's felt among the Big 12 coaches? Are they frustrated with Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC? Not necessarily. I asked West Virginia coach Neil Brown about rivalries today because, you know, it, it is 
Bedlam, it's also Red River that's moving out of the Big 12. And so how important is that? When you take those two major rivalries away from this conference, the longest rivalry remaining is Kansas-K-State. And I was talking to Kansas coach Lance Leopold yesterday about it, and he said, you know, we our, our coaches, we kind of like each other. We have similar backgrounds. It's not really animosity and hatred of a college football rivalry that you would think of. And Neil Brown, who's involved in the, the pit, um, West Virginia backyard brawl said, look, when people think of that rivalry, they don't think it's a big East rivalries are about fan bases. He said, not conferences. And um, Gundy told me quite frankly, that when OU and Texas leave, he said that BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, the four teams that are joining the big 12 will compensate for their departures. And he wasn't naive. He said, it's not like people are saying that the Big 12 won't change or be hurt a little bit by those teams leaving. But he said the teams that have been winning in the Big 12 haven't necessarily been Texas and Oklahoma recently. True. Uh, talking to Heather Dinich right now, ESPN College Football Senior Writer here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornette, Michelle Smallman here with you as well. Okay, Heather. Not to change gears, but slightly. Obviously, the last couple days, week or so, has been a lot about Northwestern football. And now, ultimately, the firing of Pat Fitzgerald. I assume at a media days, like the Big 12, you know, a, a Power 5 conference, this has come up at some point. What has the discussion been, if any, about the bad situation that is what's going on with Northwestern football? Well, you're right in that it's sort of bubbling as a backstory here to the Big 12 media days, but when asking coaches about it on the record, to be quite honest, they've all shied away from it, and most of their responses have been, I don't know enough about that situation to comment on it. Um, So I I think that's pretty much been the sentiment here is a a reluctance to get into it, especially on the record, but certainly everybody's aware of it, and it also raises other issues about hazing and all all the other things that accompanied that story. But people have certainly been reluctant to talk about it publicly. Heather, we've talked a lot about what will happen at Northwestern, but what about Pat Fitzgerald? When you think about his future, do you anticipate that he'll get another job, whether it's in college football or the NFL? And if so, how quickly? That's a great question. And I think a lot of it depends on how it all plays out, what other kind of information comes out. Um, you know, there's still a lot of questions to be answered in that story. And, um, my instinct to answer it is yes, he will get another job at some point. I mean, that's just the way these things typically work in these industries. Um, you know, I think back to a story I wrote on Maryland football in 2019 when former offensive lineman Jordan McNair passed away from heat stroke and DJ Durkin, who was the coach at the time, was fired and he's since had multiple different stops as an assistant since then. So I think Pat will find a a spot at some point somewhere but I also think until the full pieces of the picture are put together it's a hard question to answer all right well this next question might be difficult as well but nonetheless I'm going to ask it Uh, talking to Heather (laughs) Dinich right now ESPN college football senior writer staying with Northwestern uh, the plan right now is that defensive coordinator David Braun takes over Uh, this is someone who is new to the program so you would assume didn't quite know or understand everything that was going on there in the locker room and whatnot and so do you think that he stays as the head coach for Northwestern for the foreseeable future I think what that administration needs to do and I'll answer it this way is whatever is in the best interest of the players because from watching from afar 
those are the people who need to be taken care of right now because that's the situation at hand. And how many of these players transfer is a question that needs to be answered. How many of them stick around? How many other staff members knew about what was going on? Um, So my answer to that is whatever the administration decides to do, they have to absolutely make the players' health, safety, well-being, mental health, the priority, and that should make the decision a little bit easier. And they have to know all the intricacies of who knew what, what's going on, who trusts whom in order to make that decision. Interesting. Uh, Heather, we know you've got a long day ahead of you with Media Days going on there in Arlington, Texas. We appreciate you taking a couple minutes. Thank you so much. See you later. That's Heather Dennich, our ESPN College Football Senior Writer, joining us here on Greeny. Uh, she's live from Big 12 Media Days, Media Days in College Football, or uh, it, college athletics, I guess, as well, going on right now, but mainly college football. And, of course, Big 12 getting it started in Arlington, Texas. Uh, lots to unpack here with college football and, of course, the Northwestern situation. That is um, is Big 10, obviously, and Big 10 Media Days will be coming up here shortly. But I think, you know, there's still a lot, Michelle, to dissect in terms of what happens with Coach Fitzgerald going forward, what happens with that Northwestern football program. I thought Heather saying it doesn't matter who's the head coach or what Northwestern does – the main priority should be those student-athletes, and she's correct. Um, by the way, just as a quick note here, the athletes do have 30 days to enter the transfer portal. They don't necessarily have to transfer, but they have 30 days to enter their name if that is what they want to do. And obviously, with this date being July 13th, it's not a lot of time to figure out where you want to go to school, what your future looks like. So I'm sure on top of dealing with all the media and press and all the questions that are being asked right now about that program, these student-athletes also deciding where they want to play college football and if they want to remain in Evanston also becomes part of this equation. So in terms of the head coach situation there, I know their new defensive coordinator now takes over. <laughs> to me, it just makes sense to leave him in place. So there's a little bit of consistency there. So they feel like there's someone that they can talk to there. Again, him being completely new, um, him being new to that staff and new to that environment, it, it can only be a good thing, I think, at this point. And so hopefully they do keep him there if he, you know, if he wants to be for a little consistency for these student athletes. Yeah, you want to give them as much stability as possible and much as much of a reassurance as they need to not want to transfer if you're a Northwestern. But because he is so new to the program, how much stability is that really providing you? I just wonder if I'm in the position of these student-athletes, what is my incentive to want to stay at Northwestern? You likely went there because of Pat Fitzgerald. You likely loved playing for this person. I know that all of these details have come out about what was going on behind the scenes, but you chose to go there in large part because he had been there and he had been the foundational piece of that program for such a long time. So even though the the, the new defensive coordinator who will now be the head coach is new and it's a little bit of of regularity because he's been in the building and he's a familiar face. It's not as if he's been there for a while, which if you're Northwestern is good because he's not in any way really connected to this hazing scandal and these allegations. But also if you're a player, you don't really have that familiarity or that connection with him yet. I don't, I don't know if it's, it's enticing enough for you to want to stay there. Yeah, true. Um, we'll see what happens with that. In terms of Coach Pat Fitzgerald, yes, now he is coming back at the school um, for these allegations, and who knows where that goes from here. Will he get another job? If not in college, I would, I would assume he wouldn't return to college football because 
it doesn't feel like the right play. What I would assume is that he finds his way to the NFL somehow. I know a few years ago when the Bears were having a coaching search, um, he was on the list or he was talked about as a candidate for the Chicago Bears. And so maybe he finds his way as a defensive coordinator somewhere in the National Football League. But I think getting out of college athletics is probably going to definitely be the avenue that he takes. However, I think Heather is right here. It all depends on how this all plays out when all is said and done at Northwestern. I also think, Shay, we've seen so many coaches go through adversity and issues of their own and find their way back. Look at Hugh Freeze, Steve Sarkeesian. I don't know if it'll be immediate that Pat Fitzgerald finds his way back to college football, but I would not be surprised based on what he's done in the totality of his career if he gets another shot. Coming up here on Greeny, uh, Caesar Sportsbook has released the win totals for the 2023-2024 NBA season as we turn our attention to the league, uh, or to the association, I should say. It's time to make some money. We'll do it next here on Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give the game everything on the floor, today I'll be done. Lucky for you guys, that day is not today. That's right. Lucky, lucky for us, that day is not today. And I, I agree with everything LeBron James is saying because he still got it. Michelle, why, why take away greatness? I love to watch greatness. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and of course on your smart speakers, Shay Cornette, Michelle Smallman here with you. And, um, you know, at the end of the season <laughs> – and I said this earlier, but it's true, Michelle. We ride the wave with LeBron and any great athlete for that matter. We did it with Tom Brady too, obviously, and he didn't quite go out on the high note I think he would have hoped. But 
nonetheless, you know, one minute they're too old and they're washed up, and then the next minute they're the favorite to win the championship because they just have that it factor and they're so great. And that's what we did with the Lakers this year, and that's what we'll continue to do. And a lot of that is because Anthony Davis isn't always healthy too. But um, LeBron, when he's at his best, yet still at the age of 39, he's still – one of the greatest NBA players in the league currently active. It, 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 the age thing doesn't matter. Um, and I think there's a lot of us that love to hate LeBron for a lot of different reasons. But at the end of the day, watching greatness, I hate that Bill Belichick and Brady broke up because I love watching that year after year. I love watching Nick Saban at, at Alabama win championships or compete for him. Like, I love to watch those things. I don't care how repetitive it is. Um, LeBron still led the Lakers in scoring last year with 24.5 points, led an assist with 6.5 points. I mean, him and Anthony Davis together were a force to be reckoned with. And so him announcing, like, essentially that he is not going to hang him up, not, not just yet, I think can give us all a sense of, like, great. Uh, we're not done seeing one of the best to ever do it, and I love that. The NBA is not going to be the same when LeBron James is not out on the floor. And, Shay, I want to prolong him playing as much as I possibly can. And I love that he's doing everything in his power to prolong his career. He spends over a million dollars a year on the body. He does his part of, of – he keeps his side of the street clean as far as us wanting him to play. He does his part. And I love these star athletes and this self-imposed drama, this self-created drama. Am I coming back? Am I not? The Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to go in the dark. And what's the darkness going to tell me? LeBron, after the season, saying, I don't know, I'm going to have to think about it. I don't really think anybody thought LeBron was going to retire at the end of the season. We know that Father Time is undefeated and he's he's an aging player. He's going to be 39 in December. And that takes a lot of, of work to get your body not only ready to play, but to endure the length of a season and the postseason. I, I understand that at some point you might not feel like you have it or you might not have it in you to summon that year after year. But LeBron has also told us, Shay, he's given us the roadmap. He wants to play with his son. He wants to play with Bronny. He said it many times, I need to be out there on the floor with my boy. So even though he kind of dropped a couple breadcrumbs suggesting that he might be considering retirement, I in no way thought that he was going to hang it up at the end of the season. Yeah, and and honestly, I hope he does play with LeBron, with Bronny. Me too. I hope we do get to see that. Um, I also hope like Charlie Woods and Tiger Woods at one point can compete together. You know, like I, I would love to see that. And I think it's good for the game too. And I think that's a big reason why Bronny James decided to go to USC. So he could be just right up the road and it's a natural transition if he does decide he wants to enter the league and play with his dad. Um, you know, another great that it's easy to compare to obviously is Tom Brady. Seven rings, two different franchises, um, played up until this last year, of course, played at the top of his game, at the top of the NFL. And and we rode the wave, especially with the Bucks. We rode the wave with Brady, too. Like, are they too old? They don't have the chemistry. Is Bruce Arians the right coach or whatever? We did it, and then he won the chip with a different squad, and we were like, he's still so great. And obviously, we've seen LeBron win it with Cleveland, with Miami, and he won it with the Lakers, too, albeit in the bubble. But... He, uh, you know, it feels like he still has got more to prove and more in the tank. And, and you know, that that's good for everyone, especially basketball fans. Speaking of the Lakers, we've, we now know the win totals that have been set by Caesar Sportsbook. And so if you think about the Lakers, this year they won 43 games. So the win total over-under has them at more, Caesars does next year, at 45 and a half wins. 
Um, and so let's bring in Cam, our producer, because we're going to play a little game of over-under for win totals. This is my favorite way to gamble, Cam, because I feel like I can't go wrong with the over-unders. You give me specifics, it gets a little messy, but over-unders are good. You're not like a prop bet person? No. I, no? No, no not want... unless it's like Super Bowl. But yeah, you know. give it to you straightforward. All right, yeah. you mentioned it, Shay. The Lakers, 46 and a half wins on Caesar Sportsbooks. Are you going over or under? Like you said, they won 43 last year. Uh, I'm actually going to go over. Is that bold? I think it is. Uh, I don't think the Lakers are done reassembling some pieces. I think that squad's going to look different at the start of the season. Um, I also, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm going to eat these words. I feel like LeBron and AD are going to be fully healthy to start the season. <laughs> um, but I do feel that way. Uh, we got another year of Darvin Ham. I'll go over. I think the Lakers were onto something there in the postseason. I'll go over 46 and a half wins. That's the million-dollar question. Are LeBron and AD healthy? That's why I laugh, Shay, because if we knew that answer, we could make this bet and we'd make a lot of money. I hope that they're both healthy. I don't think that LeBron is going to miss a month plus like he did last year down the stretch. I'm going to. I'm with you. I'm going to go over. How about the Suns? They add Bradley Beal to create a big three. 51 and a half wins on Caesar Sportsbook. They won 45 last year. Michelle. Are the Suns going to win over or under 51 and a half wins in 2024? I love this addition of Bradley Beal. I think the Suns are going to be better than they were last year. So even though this might be a bold pick, I'm going over. I don't know. Frank (laughs) Vogel is their new head coach. They're keeping DeAndre Ayton around. It feels like an obvious overpick with the addition of Bradley Beal. And I love Bradley Beal. But it also feels like, God, the West is so competitive. And I have no idea how healthy they can be. I don't know what DeAndre Ayton is. I don't know if Frank Vogel is an upgrade over Monty Williams. I don't even think that is the case. So I'm going to go under. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't buy into the Phoenix Suns yet. Geez, Debbie Downer. Yeah, I'm really, Shay. Come on. Just because I don't agree? Give me a break. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. At least you're not breaking rules yet. Not yet. All right. Yeah, yeah. How about the Knicks? 45 and a half wins. The over-under on Caesars Sportsbook. 47 they won last year. Shea, over Ooh. or under 45 and a half? Give me the over. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid of these Knicks. I loved seeing the Knicks go up against the Cavs because all everyone talked about, Donovan Mitchell, what if he was a Nick? What if he was a Nick? What if he was a Nick? You already beat him on the floor in the postseason when it mattered most without Donovan Mitchell being, Donovan Mitchell being a Nick. I like this. I'm going to go over. Um, go Tibbs. Go Knicks. They're finding their groove. Uh, I like the over. Go ahead. I still want to see what the team looks like in totality as we enter the regular season. Shay, I might have to disagree. I think I might go under with the, the Knicks. This is so weak. Hmm. I think they could do it. I, 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 I think they could go over. Go ahead, Cam. All right. The Warriors running it back one more time, maybe two more times. They add Chris Paul. Their win total sits at 48 and a half. They won 44 in 2023. Michelle, Warriors over under 48 and a half wins. I like the Chris Paul edition. I know they're going to try and figure out his role on that team. I think I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over for the Warriors. You've got uh, Draymond back. He's going to be pumped, ready to go. I- I'm going over with the Warriors. So I'm actually going to go under. I-, I think they're going to be right around where they were last year in terms of win totals. I think they can go far in the postseason. I'm not discrediting the Warriors. The win total in the regular season to me, though, doesn't add as much as I, I think necessary. So Warriors won 44 games this past season. I think maybe they win about that, 45, 43, sure. So I'll go under in terms of win totals, but I think we see them again in the postseason. 
All right. How about the Sixers? Maybe trending towards also running it back. James Harden maybe going to stay in Philly. They've got Tyrese Maxey getting better. Embiid still playing at MVP level, hopefully, for Philly fans. The Sixers are at 50 and a half wins. They won 54 last year, Shay. Sixers over under 50 and a half wins. Same story here with the Sixers as I did with the Warriors. I think they're right about where they were last year, especially if they bring back Harden. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Sixers around uh, around 50, 52 wins. So I'll go over here. Um, not by much, but I think they'll go over 50 and a half wins because they're right about where they were last year. Yeah, all of this is predicated on James Harden. Obviously, I'm with you, Shay. I think they had 54 wins last season. If he returns, I have them right about the same. So I'm going to go with the over as well. All right, last one. This is the highest total that Caesar Sportsbook has for every team. It's the Boston Celtics at 54 and a half wins. They won 57 last year, and they just added Kristaps Porzingis, but they lost a locker room leader in Marcus Smart. Michelle, 54 and a half wins for the Celtics. I'm going to go under. I like the Porzingis ad. I'm concerned about the health. I think that it's going to take a bit for them to find themselves after Marcus Smart's departure. I'm going under here. Uh, no, I'm going over. Um, <laughs> I love I love the addition of Porzingis for the Knicks because he can add a scoring element as a defensive player that I don't think that you can get from guys like Time Lord or Al Horford. And so for me, um, this is an upgrade. You get a head coach now that's in year two, a little more acclimated, a little bit more comfortable. I know win totals in the regular season don't always lead to postseason success, but I think the Celtics are going to be a force from the beginning all the way through the end. Go over. I love the Celtics. I think they're the team to beat not only in the East, but in the entire NBA next season. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Cam, thank you. That was wonderful. Anytime. Um, coming up. Here, on Greeny. What's the biggest reason the running back market is so dry? Why does it suddenly change? Why do we suddenly not value that position as much? One of our experts is going to join us and tell us why next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Greeny, the podcast. If you haven't uh, read a Bill Barnwell article, you need to be doing that on ESPN.com because it gives you all the info you need to know. And in this offseason of the NFL, there are a lot of questions that need to be asked because there's a lot of things that are changing at a rapid pace. For example, the situation with running backs. I don't know when we started discrediting this position, but it, it has become a thing. And uh, Bill Barnwell breaks it all down. He's going to do that here with us here momentarily. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and of course on your smart speakers as well. Shade Cornette here with you. Michelle Smallman here with you. As always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we welcome in Bill Barnwell. Uh, you can listen to his podcast, The Bill Barnwell Show. And then, of course, he's our ESPN NFL writer, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Bill Barnwell. And I mentioned that great article that you have, Bill, up right now on ESPN.com, essentially about the value of the modern day running back and it does feel like over the last I don't know year mm-hmm. only one year which is not a lot of time we really have kind of discredited this position like in terms of the way they're being paid the way they're viewed the way they're utilized in an offense what they're asked to do all of the things so if you had to point to one reason why you believe the running backs are just no longer the centerpiece of offenses or NFL teams what would that be oh gosh I mean it really is not a one issue solution I think there's a few factors in play here and I think that, that's important when you consider sort of not only why it's happened but also the chances of it changing I mean the league as a whole throws the ball more often than it did 15 20 30 40 years ago the, the running backs in terms of the uh you know their usage there's just not, not as many sort of like bell cow backs there's not as many running backs who are getting 300 carries 20 years ago that was like a common thing you'd have 8 10 12 players a year doing that now you only have two or three teams are rotating their backs more often than ever before. Quarterbacks are factoring into the running game. There was like a 40-year window where there were four players who threw 100 pass attempts in a season and ran the ball 100 times in a season. Randall Cunningham was one of the examples. But over a 40-year window, four players total. Last year, four players did that. Like There's quarterbacks now who are running the ball more often than ever before, and that's taking carries away from the running game. So I feel like there's all these sort of external factors on running backs that are causing teams to become more skeptical, but I do feel like it's accelerated more in the last year than it had really even over the prior 10 or 15 seasons. Bill, how has teams incorporating analytics into the way that they evaluate the running backs changed how we value the position? It definitely matters. I think if you're looking for a reason to move on from a running back, you can usually find more data now to reinforce that point. But to me, this really goes back beyond the advent of analytics. It goes back to Mike Shanahan, and it goes back to those Denver offenses in the late 90s where Terrell Davis, of course, was a Hall of Fame, incredible running back. But when they drafted Terrell Davis in the sixth round, he was a late-round pick. They plugged into that offense and got MVP-caliber play. Well, when Terrell Davis got hurt, they brought in Mike Anderson. They brought in other guys who were really unheralded backs who were successful. And I think, I think that sort of planted the seed maybe in people's brains that, hey, 
we don't have to necessarily value this position like it's a franchise-altering spot. If we have a great offensive line, a great scheme, and we find the right player as opposed to the most expensive player to fill that role, he can be valuable even if he is an undrafted free agent. And I think maybe the advent of analytics and having more data on these backs, having more of a sense of history has sort of furthered that point. But I think the reality just is there's more talented and valuable running backs out there then there are opportunities for those backs to get significant carries. All right. Okay. Well, one example of this, obviously, is with the New York Giants. We're talking mm-hmm. to Bill Barnwell right now. You can hear him on the Bill Barnwell Show podcast, also our ESPN NFL writer here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. So, look, the Daniel Jones situation with the Giants is interesting because as you talk about you know, running backs who maybe aren't so valuable to their team and you could look elsewhere, I wouldn't say that is the case with the Giants mm-hmm. considering how good Saquon Barkley was a year ago and how it elevated the play of the entire offense with the New York Giants. Yet still here, here we sit with only a couple days away from that hitting the deadline for a long-term deal to get done and there's still no deal and so how do you think this plays into the Saquon Barkley situation and when do you think there will be a deal done there yeah I mean this is a financial hang-up here I don't think there's questions about what Saquon Barkley can do as a player but in terms of the money the market has eroded so much that the franchise tag is kind of a discount for running backs. Saquon Barkley is franchised for $10.1 million this year. If they were to franchise him again next year, which they don't have to decide upon, of course, until next season, it'd only be for a little over $12 million. So it's an average of about $11 million per year over the next two seasons. Saquon Barkley rightfully thinks he deserves much more than that. That's not what top-tier running backs get. Your Christian McCaffrey's of the world are getting $16 million a year. So $11 million feels like a pay cut relative to what Saquon Barkley thinks he could get on the open market. And for this to happen, for this deal to occur between now and Monday, one of these two sides is going to have to give in. The Giants are either going to have to ignore the leverage they have and pay Saquon more than they would have to by going year to year, or Saquon Barkley is going to have to take less guaranteed money over the first two years of his new deal to get that sort of significant long-term contract done. And that's going to be a big come down for one of these two sides. So I don't think anyone doubts the talent, but the money has become such a difficult proposition to make work that it's going to take a significant sacrifice for this contract to happen. So if you're a Giants fan, Bill, mm. you're you're concerned because mm. you know what Saquon has done for this offense. No you know what he's done for Daniel Jones. If you're a Giants fan, what's your concern level right now on July 13th? I, I'm, I'm not very concerned about the short term because I do think regardless of what Saquon's camp is putting out there, he's going to play this season. He might sit out week one as like, a, hey, you guys should have paid me sort of situation. But I do think he's going to be there for most of the season. But the question is what happens next year and the year after that. If Saquon Barkley plays at a high level, you might lose him for nothing a couple of years from now. And that can be disastrous for your franchise. And I think when the Giants committed to paying Daniel Jones all the money they're paying him, $42 million a year for the next two seasons, they didn't surround him with the talent he needed at receiver to play at the level the Giants need him to play at to justify that contract. So now... If I'm a Giants fan, I'm concerned that we're not going to get to see the best out of Daniel Jones because Saquon Barkley might not be present on the field. So I think as long as he's present for most of the year, I feel good about it as a Giants fan because we didn't have to make a significant commitment and we kept Saquon around. But there are long term repercussions if they cannot get this deal done. Right. And obviously with them paying 
Daniel Jones the way they did. It would only work to their benefit to have Saquon Barkley alongside him and happy, of course, as well. Course. Talking to Bill Barnwell right now, the Bill Barnwell Show podcast, also our ESPN NFL writer here on Greeny on ESPN Radio. Uh, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys now here, Bill, because Dak Prescott re- recently mentioned there is this kind of sense of urgency now that he's turning 30. Um, and obviously the Cowboys have not accomplished what they want to in the postseason. Um, what are your expectations for the Cowboys this upcoming year? And why do they keep consistently coming up short, especially when it matters most? Oh, boy. <laughs> Poor Cowboys. I, I, I actually do believe they are the favorites to win the NFC East. And a couple of reasons why. I think it's more about the Eagles than the Cowboys to me. Philadelphia lost five starters on the defensive side of the ball, both starting safeties, both starting linebackers, and their best defensive tackle in Javon Hargrave. They lost both of their coordinators to other teams who became head coaches. There's going to be a you know, a, a point here where the Eagles are going to have to not rebuild, of course, because they still have a ton of talent, but just retool, reset, figure out what their identity is on defense after making all of those changes. And they're going to be fine. They're still going to be a very good football team. They were very healthy last year. They were very good in one-score games. That stuff typically does not keep up year after year. So I think the Eagles are likely to take a step backwards from where they were a year ago, at least in the short term. And the Cowboys added talent this offseason. They are relatively relatively healthy heading into 2023. I think they have a a roster that 1-53 to competes with anybody in the National Football League. But you ask me about what happens to them in the playoffs, and that's seeming to fall on Mike McCarthy's shoulders. And now, after firing Kellen Moore and promoting Brian Schottenheimer, Mike McCarthy's going to have a bigger role in that offense than he's had in years past. And... Mike McCarthy is not a bad coach by any means. I think he's a good offensive coach. But they're going to slow down that offense. They're going to run fewer drives than they did before. They're going to try and take some of the load off of Dak to help him in the postseason. And I just don't know if that's going to be a solution. You think about the great teams in football, the Eagles put everything on Jalen Hurts' shoulders. The Chiefs put everything on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders. No one ever says, hey, yeah, the Chiefs need to run the ball more. You know, they need to not bother with Patrick Mahomes. When you have a great quarterback, that's what you do. And so for the Cowboys, I think, given that you're paying Dak like he's a great quarterback, I'd want to put as much on his shoulders as possible because that's going to give you your best chance of winning a Super Bowl. Bill, a team that's certainly hoping to take a step forward this year, the New York Jets. They were announced to be the team that's going to be featured on Hard Knocks. What's your what's your take on this? Do you think this is going to be a distraction for the Jets, or do you think we're making a lot about nothing? I I am sort of in the middle. I, I will say that I think when you talk to players, and we've seen a couple of our people, Bart Scott, uh, Damian Woody, have both said, "Yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. It didn't bother us." But they were veteran teams. They were you know they were guys who were at the end of their careers. They were not you know not looking to be stars off screen necessarily. You know like they they were good at their jobs, and that was fine. This is a different Jets team than the team that was on in, in 2010. It's a different organization at a different point in their tenure. This is a Jets team that has championship expectations. When you make that sort of trade they made for Aaron Rodgers, where you give up so much in draft capital and you're paying him more than $50 million a year, it is a win Super Bowl or bust situation for the Jets. And they have an extremely tough start to the season in terms of their schedule. So... When you have a quarterback who's coming in who's brand new, an offensive coordinator who's brand new, a quarterback who I think admittedly has kind of a rough reputation when it comes to dealing with his young receivers, I don't know that I'd want to see that happen on the air. I, I think 
you want to have those moments where there's awkward, you know, kind of conversations or there's maybe some frustrating moments, have that off the air. Don't have that in front of the camera. So I don't think it'll be a big deal in the big picture, but in terms of a team that has to kind of get things going quickly to compete against a tough schedule, I don't think it helps them relative to where they would have been if Hard Knocks was going somewhere else in 2023. Mm, yes, the mixed emotions around the Jets. Yes. I, I tend to agree with you, Bill. Thank you so much. We appreciate the insight as always, Bill. And we will check out your articles because there's always great ones coming up every week on .com. Again, it's Bill Barnwell joining us here on Greeny. Thanks, Bill. Thanks so much. Uh, you can listen to him on the Bill Barnwell Show podcast. He's our ESPN NFL writer. And follow him at Bill Barnwell for the very latest on everything that he's writing and talking about, as always, giving us such good insight, Michelle. Um, okay, uh, before we say bye-bye, yesterday, we were, uh, yesterday, the day before, we were a little drug through the mud on social media, thanks to Phillies fans. All we were trying to say is that we didn't think Scooby-Doo is a superhero. We both like Nick Castellanos, and I feel like we were kind of drug into a fight. I didn't expect, Shay, after we wrapped, to be fighting with people online about Scooby-Doo. We both said, and granted, the clip that they were consuming did not have this in it. We love Nick Castellanos. I am a Cardinals fan. I've covered the Cardinals. I wanted the Cardinals to sign him when he was available. But but that doesn't mean that I have to agree with his Scooby-Doo take. I actually think the clip did include both of you saying that you liked Nick Castellanos. Of course, you know, angry Philly fans were just like, ah, yeah. rawr, you know, I can't believe you that. said Scooby-Doo wasn't a superhero, but they just didn't watch the clip. I just think it's hilarious that people were like hot and bothered that no one. <laughs> it was Nick Castellanos's wife was the one who got them all. She and, commented and like, on it great, and it was, was and got everyone take. mad. Like the fact that people were riled up about that. I'm like, guys, hilarious fish to fry. Also, like check the description of a superhero. <laughs> So silly. He's not one. Okay, for the record. And now I'm getting worked up over it. <laughs> um, as always, Michelle, so fun hanging out with you. For Michelle Smallman, I'm Shay Cornette. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.